I'm AJ Barsay, and you've tuned into the Analog Explorer podcast. Read about my analog manifesto, my passion for photography, and my love of travel and watches in print or online at analogexplorer.com. Last episode, we suited up in our 7mm wetsuits, we held our breath, and we dove down 6 meters, and we heard about the story of the Peninsula Kelp Company and our underwater farmer. My name is Graham Gallon. I am 51 years of age. For my sins, married a woman from Belfast. <laughs> the Peninsula Kelp Company is made up of himself, his wife Andrea, and his two daughters. The loves of his life, except for one other, his love for the sea. I was always a diver, I'm always since 1975, you know, since I was five years of age, always in the water, spear fishing, diving, what have you. So diving was a big thing in my life. I grew up on the, more or less on the beach in Dublin. The kelp was either in your garden, you know, help, helping your potatoes, or it was in your stew, in your soup. My grandmother, my grandmother was a beachcomber, and she used to bring in bags of seaweed and bags of driftwood on a Monday. She'd always walk. Yeah, she grew up on the beach. I mean, when we were growing up, like, you know, seaweed was always a big thing. Such a big thing that now he's an underwater farmer. He like, I wake up in the morning, I go, what am I doing with my life? See, by 10 o'clock, I'm going, um, this is awesome. You know, I, I wake up in the morning, I have, oh, you know, because my father says to me, I, I don't know how you do it, son. You know, you, you live by the seat of your pants. And I'm like, because he was structured, institutionalized, 42 years in one job. And I'm like, a bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of this, a bit of that. And, you know, that kind of way, you know. Yeah, it's it's very dynamic. <laughs> but before he became the underwater farmer that he is, we got his backstory. And being 51, he's got quite the backstory. Tales of coming over to the United States, trying to get into the United States Navy, only to go back home, to go into the merchant Navy, the British military, and then going into commercial diving as a hard hat diver. But it took a happy accident of building an underwater trail to help scuba recreational divers with their skills, well, and this pandemic, for him to fall into what he's always wanted to be, an underwater farmer of sustainable ocean nutrition, or kelp. You know, if you enjoy food and, you know, as we say, you have a relationship with your food, so you should know where it's, you know, where it's coming from. And um, um, it was, it's key for me that my sea, seaweed comes from the seabed. I don't pick it off the rocks. I hand dive for my seaweed. Like I know my kelp bed. I know where my dullus is. I know where my sea lettuce is. You know, I have about a 400 meter swim out to where my sort of start area is. And then I go from there, you know. If you haven't already, I would highly encourage you to go back one episode. Go to AE07 and listen to the full feature length episode of Graham's backstory behind the Peninsula Kelp Company. Now, with the timing of the pandemic and catching up with Graham, really, as I was talking to him and heard his story, the podcast kind of fell into its own kind of narrative. And really, I wanted to dedicate a podcast kind of in that mini documentary style, a style that's not usually seen on this podcast, but I did enjoy how it came out. And hopefully you did too. But I did want to get back to the conversational side of things of the Analog Explorer because there is a through line through all of these episodes, and that is the Watch Fam. Because remember, that is the commonality of all of these episodes. I know Graham because of the Watch Fam. So in this episode, we are going to dive into talking a little bit about our commonalities of watches, as well as our two other loves, the sea and our families. 
But first, now that the pandemic is taking the course that it is, let's take a look at what got them through the pandemic thus far and how did smiling in the face of adversity really play out for them? So what's happened and what's in store for this now full-time kelp farming family in Northern Ireland? You know, lockdown was on. Um, I was delivering cheese boards, diving for kelp during the day. You know, there was some, like, well, there was no bars, so things were kind of quiet that way. Then the bars and the restaurants, you know, came out, and then the markets came back on. And this guy said, look, guys, why don't you come back to the market? So we have a local farmer's market on a Saturday. So they offered us a permanent place. So we've been there ever since, you know, that's since last, that's nearly a year, you know, we've, every Saturday. So like we dive for seaweed during the week and then we wash, dry, mill, and then we deliver dollars to the, the baker. We, we work with this f- fantastic baker who makes this legendary sourdough bread. I mean, I can't even believe like I'm talking like this, but I've become a real foodie over the years. And this guy makes this amazing bread and it's, I delivered the dollars to him on a Wednesday and then he bakes on a Saturday morning and it's delivered fresh to me. So, and then I have a lot of people come to me, like, they're like, Hey, where's my bread? You know, on a Saturday morning. So, so, and if I don't, if I don't turn up, like if I don't turn up, they're not, they're phoning me. Like, well, where are you? Where's our bread? You know? So, uh, you know what I mean? And where's our crackers and where's our cheese and where's our oil? You know what I mean? Like it's been good. It's been good. You know, it's been challenging. It's, you know, we've seen a lot of things over the last year, you know, a lot of, you know, good things and bad things, you know, you know, COVID, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but again, it's, 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 as I say to Andrea, it's cheerfulness in the face of adversity. You've got to keep smiling, you know, and, and be resourceful and be resilient, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's been good. I, I, like I'm enjoying it. You know, um, so if she wasn't baking, she'd be in here and I wouldn't get a word in age ways. What is not to love about this couple and this family? Getting to know Graham on this call, I would call him and Andrea not just salt of the earth kind of people, but salt of the sea kind of people. And with the both of them being divers and being a part of the watch fam, of course, my first question out of the gate is going to have to be what watch does a real underwater farmer take day in and day out in the frigid waters of Northern Ireland. Okay, well, uh, as I mentioned earlier on, I've been diving in a little bit of dirty stuff all week. So I do wear my uh, Elliot Brown Halton. That is my go-to work, you know, she is the tool, the, the watch, the beater, so to speak. And I came back last night and it's just muck everything. So I, I just washed her, cleaned her. The NATO strap is stinking, so I just washed that and cleaned it. But today I'm wearing uh, my Omega Seamaster. That was a gift to myself. Uh, my wife wasn't too happy about that one, but when I left the, the military, uh, I felt I should do something, you know, before she took all my money and spent it on gardening <laughs> products or gardening furniture. Well, she got you to build a lot of things, so I think it's fair. It's totally yeah, fair. She got, you got me so. Uh, yeah, I am a watch fan. As I was saying earlier on, like uh, the wife says to me, it's a sickness I have that I can't pass a watch shop without licking the windows. So yeah, I've collected watches. Like I think uh, the first watch I bought was in 1985. I had Timexes, but my actual first bought watch, I don't know if you ever heard of a brand called Pulsar. Totally. I know Pulsar. There's one in the, uh, there's, there's one that I, I'm actually looking for that's issued to the, the British military. Yeah. So I bought a Pulsar in 1985, a, uh, sort of pepsi bezel 
you know, I was a big Magnum fan and Magnum. Oh World yeah. Rolex. The GMT master. Uh, yeah. Oh yes. That, that, that there, that, that is on my list. The GMT master. Absolutely love one of them. Uh, but no, I don't have one. Um, the red and, you know, the Pepsi for me with, with Vin, you know, the vintage sort of loom that's slightly off color. Yeah. A little oh, creamy. Oh, perfect. Absolutely perfect. So I bought a Pulsar from there with Seiko's. My father gave me a uh, 6105, you know, the old vintage Seiko's uh, and the 6108. I think that, sorry, Captain Willard is what you probably know it as, you know, the, the yes. Seiko. From the Apocalypse now, yeah. Yeah, I got one of them. Um, Citizen, Citizen, Citizen Aqualand in 87. The moment it came out first with the computer on, you know, with the the depth timer. Or depth. Yeah, it's got the yeah little depth computer and stuff. Yeah, those things are great. Yeah, in nineteen eighty I spent two hundred quid on one of them, um, and always wanted the the Seiko Arnie when that came out in nineteen eighty five. Uh, I eventually tracked down the sports version in ninety one, and bought that. And then I've had a range of citizens since then and Omega Planet Ocean, the 45, the big one. When Casino Royale came out, I was like, whoa, I have to have one of them. Got one of them. Then when I left the military, the Omega Seamaster 300 um, and Doctor. I'm a big fan of Doctor. I've got the 750T Clive Custler edition when, you know, I think Sahara, uh, you know, the you know, I was always—I always loved his books. Anyway, uh, was yeah, the Dirk Pitt novels. Those are those are classic. Yeah. Oh, as soon as that sea, always, I always take a book with me, no matter where I go. I can't read Kindle. I take a book in a Ziploc bag, because just in case you ever get wet. When? 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 Uh, you know, a Ziploc bag. Uh, always take a book. Always take a book. And lately, it's been Audible. You know, I like Audible when I'm driving and whatnot. But uh, I also too is. I always had a fascination with the U-2 aircraft when I was a kid. Yeah, my father introduced me you know, to this Gary Power story when I was a child. And uh, as I said, I'm a big, big history guy. And also Apollo, you know, NASA, mega big fan of you, what you guys did, uh, NASA, stuff like that. So getting on in life, you know, I thought, you know, a Speedmaster would be good to add to the collection. But I knew Bremont, they brought out the U-2. And I just oh, I stood on a on a on a on a fork there with the the Speedmaster or the, the the you know the U2, and I thought I knew the U2 would go away at some point that they would stop making that the all you know black model. I knew they and I'd so and even Dan said, "Be you are lucky you got that." And I said, "You know, what? I will get a Speedmaster someday." And so I just hit the button and got the 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 U2. You know, and I had buyer's guilt. I had buyer's guilt for about three days because apparently that's a that's that's a scientific fact that you have it for three days, and then after that you're okay. And then I was I was sitting at the table, and the wife said, "Me, did you get a new watch?" And I went, "No, sure, I always had that." And yeah, <laughs> that and she goes, "Yeah, right, <laughs> all do." Um, so yeah, I, I you know I'm I'm a diver I'm a diver guy, but yeah. I had to have that aviators watch. And again, you know, Neil Armstrong, big fan of mine, Michael Collins, Buzz Aldrin, all them big, big even my daughter was, you know, my youngest daughter is a big astronaut fan. So at some point I will have a Speedmaster. Um, I would love a sea dweller and uh, obviously 
the GMT, the Pepsi GMT would be mine, you know. I have some, say, like big citizens that I would use, you know, the, uh, the, the, I think they call it Ecozilla, you, you guys. <laughs> yeah, the big, yeah. Big, the big yeah. guy with the eco drive in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were fantastic. Like as a commercial diver, you know, I, I, like I've had electronic instruments fail me, you know, like com- dive computers and all that. People say, oh, you carry too much gauges. Uh, well, I always have a bottom time. I always take, like, as I said, if I hadn't had a watch on one day when I was diving, I would have been in diffs because my gauge just went boom. And I was able, I was, it was pitch black and I was able to time myself. I was on scuba. I was able to time myself coming out off this wreck and then getting back to the shop and then working my way up and, you know, obviously doing my deco and I used my watch. So, mm-hmm. I've always carried, always worn a watch, uh, no matter what. I couldn't leave the house without, you know, without a watch on, you know. Um, and last year, I was a, a friend of mine who was ambassador for Elliot Brown came past. He was sailing up to the Faroe Islands, and he said to me, "Graham, I'm with this company, Elliot Brown, and I know they issue watches to the Special Boat Squadron." And he said to me, "You would be a fantastic candidate for that company." So he said, they want to talk to you. So I spoke to Gemma, who is the marketing person at Elliot Brown. And uh, I didn't really know much about them. I seen them from afar, so to speak. But I had my eyes on other models of watches that I want. I want to get the new Arnie Solar. I want one of them, you know, the the Seiko. And at that time, I was looking at that. And she said to me, we'd love to have you on board. You're very unique in what you do. She said to me, well, "I'm going to send you a issued watch to what the, you know the, the military would get." So they sent me the Elliot Branches, and this, her closing words was, "I don't want you to look after it. I want you to abuse it." So I actually, I sent her a message there yesterday, actually, that I've just completed 200 dives on it. Wow. You know, yeah, and like it's been in mud, sand, surf, you know been harvesting commercial work um yeah and i said look i have to say it's bomb proof you know i put it through it I've, I've abused the life out of it there's a small scratch on the side the face is perfect um she's and she, the loom on it the illumination on it is amazing i recently had a job looking for a pair of glasses that was a young guy, little, little boy had drowned and I, we were, I went in to look for the glasses and I mean, the visibility was horrendous. I couldn't see my bottom timer, my electronic bottom timer, but I could see my watch, you know, so I was able to keep an eye on things. Uh, physically couldn't, I was like this, even with a light, but I could see the loom of the watch. Um, so, so that was good, you know, so the bottom timer, even the light, you know, the light on the, on the gauge wasn't even penetrating the, the dirt in the water. So I was able to use the loom from the watch just to see, keep an eye on what I was doing. Um, so yeah, highly recommended. Highly, and I'm not just saying that as a sales pitch, just for me as a working watch, fantastic. Through Dan and stuff, I've seen Elliot Browns and stuff, and I I, I think the Holton's killer looking. Uh, the thing yeah. that that I've got from Elliot Browns actually the heritage strap. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is this cool is strap. the buckle on this thing is just killer. It's like having a bracelet. Yeah. Well, what are you wearing today? Uh, the one that's been on all pandemic. Um, my Father's Day watch is uh, from from literally when the pandemic started, and then that Father's Day, my wife got me the um, the Baltic Aquascaf bronze. Oh yes, yes, I know. Yeah, that is that is lovely. And uh, so it's it's been like my companion all all the pandemic, and it's yeah, yeah. it's got the what I what I call the pandemic patina because yeah, it's, yeah. 
it's complete it because it's never left my wrist basically all pandemic and it's almost black you know it's a, it's a beautiful like vintage it looks so and i i absolutely love vintage you know that look you know i, I mean if you said to me you know would you like a vintage rolex or a modern day well, i'd have to say it'd be vintage so of course i got my answer and of course it was going to be a good dive watch but it's also cool to see that Graham is all about different kinds of watches for multitude different reasons. And if it's vintage, even better. Now, moving away from being a watch enthusiast, we are also dads. And what happens when you get two dads together, other than inevitable good, bad dad jokes? We start talking about our children. I you know, grew up watching the Cousteau, you know, the Cousteau era, you know, from, yeah, same here. from the 70s. Yeah, yeah, I've got the, the old um, Cousteau books, the, the kids' books. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't think of what they're, uh, they're called, but he's got, the, you know, the circle of him and, and yeah. you know, it's a series of like 19 old hardback books. But I, I introduced my, my son to Jacques Cousteau because he loves this cartoon uh, Octonauts, you know, with Captain yes, yes. Barnacles and he loves yeah, yeah. it. And they have the Gups, which are the submarines, right? Yeah. So just out of a whim, I was just like, I'm going to put on like Conch Shelf or, you know, one of the old yeah, yeah, yeah. flicks. And here is a four-year-old at the time. I put on, I think it was Conch Shelf 2 or, or one of them yeah. um, where, where him and the, you know, all of his uh, uh, aquanauts are down below and they're talking about life down below. My son did not move from the Ottoman and watched the entire, whatever year that documentary was. And what hooked him was in the beginning, it's uh, Cousteau's um, the, the Yellow Submersible the uh the, yeah. the disc and it goes through the algae and turns it and it's bright yeah. yellow and i even wrote a post about it on my blog i'll send you a link if you haven't read it yeah and my my son was just like that's a gup and i go yeah who yeah. who's the man inside and i was like well that's that's captain Cousteau. is he captain barnacles and i'm like yeah bro, yeah, yeah it is yeah. and he was just like wow like because it went from cartoon to no this is yeah. real. there's real gup there's you can die. He knows that we die because we, we free dive and stuff here in our lakes. But he just kind of put everything together. And I kid you not, mate. Like, he's he basically wants to be either an astronaut or Jacques Cousteau. Like, it, it just depends on the day, you know. Brilliant. I've noticed such a change in, you know, children. Like, And that's, that's, that's really good to hear because my daughter came in one day and said to me, Dad, I want to be an astronaut, right? And I was like, whoa. So I bought her a space suit and, you know, encouraged her, you know, to, to because – what I find today is when I was growing up, like kids wanted to be like a fireman, a soldier, a footballer, or, you know, nowadays they just want to be, I just want to be on YouTube and I just want to make money without leaving the house. And I'm like, and I actually said to this kid one day, you ever consider going to the mountains? And he already said to me, why should I? I'll just Google it. And to hear your son say that, that he wants to explore and do that that you you must harness that and and and, and nurture that you know because and then take him out and let him get uncomfortable being comfortable do you know what i mean like a little bit of wet a little bit of dirt mm -hmm. no i i completely agree i mean that's that's part of our way of life over here in because the pacific northwest it's it, that's key to the future and, and that's why i try to install my children about exploring you know and like you know the, have you ever watched the film I've pronounced it Odyssey about the canoes the Cousteau story oh yeah no I, yeah they're they are on YouTube most of them are yeah the French you know the French they, they made a film there a couple of years ago and it's French and it's subtitled mm -hmm. and it's about this Cousteau 
fantastic. You know, I, I watched oh, yeah. that and I was, I was actually quite emotional watching it, you know, because, you know, he loses his son, you know, things have fallen apart for him and things like that. But my family watched it. And my daughters, you know, Cousteau would be on in the house, the, the old documentaries. But they, I was like, so that's where it all came from, you know. And, and then, then Leah, you know, surprised me and said, you know, Dad, I want to go off and be a marine biologist because of all the years we spent in the sea. I, I, she says, I actually feel I have a duty to protect. Right on. I, I was like, whoa, you know, I, I, I'm so happy, you know, for that, you know. So I'm, I'm delighted to hear your son is you know is involved with that you know i mean for me at five years of age coming down the stairs with a piece of rope tied around my waist and a mask on that's what he does that is what he does and he's got his rescue line and he's got yeah, his yeah. compass and yeah. his watch and you know like it it and it's cool because like for us here like we talked about off the mic like you know that's that's kind of a cascadian region like we we go from you know the surf to the summit and my son you know he's tackled you know he's tackled winchester that was his big mountain this season and he's he's cave explored the the ape caves we did that as a family wow and, you know he and a lot of it comes from like what we do for story time or what we do as a family because like i read him jules verne right like oh yeah 20,000 leagues under the sea he loves it like he loves the nautilus and captain nemo especially captain nemo and yeah, yeah. Who, you yeah, know we uh, you know professor anirondack yeah you know he loves he loves the notion of like you can you can do that and you know, so we, we live some of the pages of, of Jules Verne, you know, I, I, he, you know, uh, anything that we do on the water is usually either topside on a paddleboard or we yeah. do uh, what we call duck diving, which is you have this big inflatable duck, you know, the floating, yeah. cause he can't swim. Um, but he's, I've given him my snorkel and stuff. He's, he's put his face in the water. He just hasn't put everything together yet. Well, I'll, I'll tell you something, I'll tell you what, something what you should do. I did this a couple of years ago Yeah, and this was a great thing. I, my daughter was only about six at the time, right? And I got some of the old coins and I went into about a foot and a half of water and I buried them on the seabed, right? Yeah. And then I, I took her out and we had table tennis bats and we swam over and I, I knew the area where the rocks was and I was doing this, fanning the, the sun. And with that, the coins exposed. It was like a scene from The Deep, the movie oh, The yeah. Deep where they're fanning. See that there? That was Kate. She... She still talks about that, you know. Oh, totally. When we go duck diving, see, he sees all things on the bottom treasure, yeah. trash, which there's a lot of, or actual coins. So, like when when we go, he's my top side, and he'll look and be like, and he has the his mask, and he'll go in the the water. And he's like, Dad, treasure, and so I'll you know take yeah. a breath, go down, and we'll pick up the crap that human mm -hmm. filth leaves behind. But sometimes we we get lucky. So we found we found quarters and stuff and marbles and whatever that, you know, people drop off of their kayaks or paddle boards and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, he takes all of that, shoves it in the in the bag. We get home and we lay it out and like, you know, there's three things of actual treasure that he sees and then all this garbage. But for him, that's the haul. Like he he loves it and he so desperately wants to like go down with me. But he's got to learn how to swim first. Yeah, do you know, but that, that that's really good. That you know, he's got that passion for it. You know, rather than one of them kids like, no, I don't want to go out there. I just want to stay here and watch TV. You're like, no, no, he, no, no, no. He doesn't want. Yeah, he and he like. Don't get me wrong. Like he can watch Octonauts all day, but like the first time that it once he can swim and we can actually go out further and further. You know, I want to get my my endorse my scuba endorsement and stuff because you know for him to be like Shellington and to be able to actually see kelp. And I mean, we, yeah. we, we, we go beachcombing and stuff. So like he knows bulk help, 
um and he we he knows like the, there's turkish carpet this little little kind of yeah. sea seagrass that we've got or seaweed that we have on the rocks and so he you know he knows his flora and fauna here in the northwest and i want to bring him more closer to that as he grows older but yeah the the interesting thing and that's why i wanted to, to bring you on is you know regardless of our geolocation like our ways of life you life know are as, still the as, same so now that we've established that whether it's here in the Pacific Northwest or up in Northern Ireland, there's a lot of commonalities between Graham and myself, and in specifically our bioregion, and how the ecology of Northern Ireland and over here in the Pacific Northwest on the Salish Sea has a lot of commonalities. But my kelp curiosity got the best of me. Why is it that over in Northern Ireland, they have something like a Peninsula Kelp Company, but over here, I don't see that. When's the last time you go down to, say, Hagen or the co-op, ordered your fresh salmon, and also get freshly hand-dove kelp? You know, from your, your climate, the way you describe it, you know, I bet that it's it, this similar species because of the temperature ranges Probably. you would have. I mean, you mentioned bull kelp. I don't have bull kelp here. And... You, 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 you know, you can take the bull kelp and, you know, the, the stalk, you can cut that and pickle it. Yes, and it is that's a big gorgeous. thing here. Yeah, no, so yeah. We, so bull kelp, like we've got, and, and you know, for anybody who's listening, like bull kelp, what you see on the on the, the, the shore, that's the top. Like bull kelp is yeah. six, seven, eight stories long. Long, yeah. You yeah. know, and so like with, and, and we can, and here in Washington, you can get permit to, to go out and buy kayak and yeah. cut and bring stuff in if you want. But like, what's interesting about our bulk help is like you said, the, the, the actual tubular stock part you can cut and they make perfect rings, absolutely yeah, yeah. perfect rings. And, um, you can pickle them and they're great. They're the best pickles Yeah, yeah. so much. So I, I can even tell you the first time I had them, um, there's, uh, the San Juan islands out in our Salish sea, uh, between us here in the main mainland and, and the islands. And the, my wife and I, we have a lot of history out there cause we got married out there and such, but we discovered there was this uh, uh, restaurant called the Duck Soup Inn. And that was the first place that we actually got introduced to the concept of bull kelp as a pickle. And and literally, man, just uh, just thinking about it makes me makes me salivate. Yeah. Like it was it was so good. What, what's cool about that restaurant is they forage uh, for what's on the menu. So it is hyper local. You know, the fish comes out of the sea. The kelp is out of the sea. Pretty much everything everything on the menu is is like that and it was, it's a really cool experience beyond that like one restaurant i don't know of anybody in the salish sea area that like is doing what you're doing with peninsula going out and harvesting and bringing it in yeah. by and large what i what i see in our co-ops and stores what you can buy on the mainland uh, i see come out of alaska not here well you know i mean i'm sure like you know your waters are, um, the, are, are pretty good and I'm, it's not too hard to get them checked up that area you'd have amazing seaweeds and also too is your 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 ecosystems would be amazing there i mean i bet you've got sea otters oh yeah made you know, tons you know and that's amazing like we had orcas swam up into strangford lock last year yeah, yeah. I, I remember i remember seeing that on your feed um over here uh we've we've actually got pods that are are, are resident i guess to uh this region uh, in between us and the san juans yeah yeah unfortunately a lot of guys went out in boats, which scared them away, which I was very disappointed in. And it, and I understand the point is right. They don't see them regularly. In fact, they haven't seen them in like 20 years. 
but they scared them off, you know. Um, for you to have that kind of, you know, on your doorstep, that's amazing. You know what I mean? Um, um, I mean, next time you get some bulk cap, right, cut it into really thin rings, right, and then deep fry it in some oil. See what a what a little bit of sea a little bit of sea salt or sesame over the top, and a cold beverage of your choice. Absolutely fantastic. Mm. Well, I can't do sesame because my little, but I will definitely. I'm yeah, no man. I'm I'm probably gonna try to find some some pull a permit, get some kelp, and definitely take you up on that frosty beverage. Yeah, yeah. I remember you saying that. Yeah, that's good. I mean, the fact that he can take and the seaweed will be actually really good for his gut health. As I said, yeah. As I said, I got a lot of a lot of people come to me with issues with gut health and and thyroid issues, and you know, and obviously the kelp was really really good for you know underactive and overactive thyroids um but the fact that he's able to take that you know not have any help you know allergies well issues with it is, is fantastic you know especially seafood you know it's high in protein you know it's very very good oh i completely agree like i, I grew up my son as you know like has, has had a rough start of life uh he, literally a ton of allergies there was a lot he couldn't have from beef to sesame to soy you name it but yeah. seafood was one of the things that he glommed onto. Maybe it was because of octonauts. Maybe it's because where we live. But my kid will eat you under the table for mussels and clams any day of the week as a five-year-old. Yeah, yeah. And I'm very thankful for that because growing up, seafood was and still is such an integral part of, of what I love and what, I, what my diet is. Yeah. And that's why I reached out to you originally is because a lot of the processed seaweed and, and kelp that I could get – you know, um, sesame was an, is an allergy for them. And, and a lot of times they add that as flavoring. And that's why I reached out to you. I was like, mate, just tell me how you make it, what's in it. And, you know, you were, you were just like, literally, I went out, I took a breath, I cut it, I dried it, I bagged it, and I will ship it to you. And I was like, thank you. And what was great is like, you know, I, I literally took one of your, your stalks of kelp, threw it in some water, get some hydration into it. And I was going to put it into soup this, the first time we got it landed here. And he literally just reaches in and grabs it. Oh, Kelpie cake. Cause that's what, you know, tune up says on the cartoon pops in his mouth. I'm like, you like it? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. More like he'll just chomp on it. And I've, I've sent you what we've made. Like I've taken, we'll go out and uh, when we're beach combing, I'll bring a bag of bagels and some, um, he can't do dairy. So vegan cream cheese and I'll take some Dulles shake it in, in that whip it all up and we'll eat it on our bagels and you know, as we're beach combing or. You know, it's, it's great. The, um, so with, with like our, our spe different species of, of, uh, kelp, you know, like where, like you ship worldwide, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I like, you know, it's funny. I actually had a, a Navy diver, right. It seems to be like America I, five days. I can get it to the, get, get it to people. Right. But for some reason, California seems to be like a different planet. <laughs> we think that too. Sometimes. When it goes when it, it goes to California, it takes three weeks to get there, right? <clears throat> so I had this guy, uh, he's in the Navy, uh, Navy diver, and he said to me, look, I really want one of your cheese boards. And I was like, oh, don't know if I can get a cheese board to you. And he goes, he goes my wife is, is looking at your Instagram, and she's drooling here, and she <laughs> wants your cheese board. I says, I'll tell you what I can do. I says, I will make you up a hamper, and I will put together. And he goes, I want the butter. And I went, oh. Butter to California. Oh, I don't know. So I went away, did a bit of research, and I got these like sleeping bags, cooler sleeping bags. Oh, yeah. I put the butter in and I wrapped it, and I wrapped and I wrapped. It. And then I put it in the box and I said to him, Look, 
I'm going to send it to you. And I pray that you get it intact. Right. I says, please send me, uh, keep me posted. If you get it five days later, I get a message and he sends me a picture of a box with crumbs. And I was like, did you really get that in five days? He goes, yeah. And he says, there's nothing left. We've just literally opened the box and everything. And there was literally the butter wrappers and crumbs from the crackers. And he goes, he goes, mate, that was an amazing experience. You know, then I have a lady who lives in Arizona and she buys kelp from me, you know, because she's got thyroid issues and she's, she's adamant that she wants it from Ireland Instagram and she sees what I do. And she's just like, no, it has to be from Ireland. I'm like, okay, I'll ship it to you. So she lives in Arizona and she gets kelp, which is like, I tell people and they go, Arizona, isn't that in the desert? And I go, yeah, but they want, they want seaweed, you know? Um, And then, yeah. yeah, And then across Europe, um, Africa, you know, central Africa, I would ship some seaweeds to them. Dulles is exceptionally good for heavy metal, taking heavy metals out of the body. It absorbs heavy metals. So we, we, we make the dollars and we mill it down to like a salt, like a really, really fine salt. So you can add it to your smoothie and it's, it absorbs heavy metals. Because we got, as I said, I hate saying this, but we got a lot of people come to me who's, who's not well. It would a range of different things. And the way I would say to you is nature is your drugstore, you know, and if you can stay away from big pharma and do it naturally, like look after yourself with, good hydration, pesticide-free and organic food. I know it's expensive for families. I know it is. I, I'm, I'm right there now trying to feed my family in an organic manner. And yeah, so I don't want to go too much into that because that's a total different rabbit hole. And I'm I'm, hap- I'm happy to talk to you about it anytime, you know. That wraps up this two-part edition of The Analog Explorer. My huge thanks to Graham for all of his time, as well as Andrea, I do miss those crackers, and the entire Gannon family. And hopefully, between these two episodes, whether you're in the Watch Fam or not, hopefully this has gotten you kelp curious, and maybe even brought you a little better context of that general plant that we see floating out there in the salt water, known as seaweed, or kelp. Again, if you're kelp curious, and I, I, I would encourage you, anyone here, if, if you're listening to me on Camry 102.3 FM, here locally in Bellingham, Washington, or if you did get this off of the Analog Explorer podcast feed, do check out PeninsulaKelpCo.com. And if you find yourself with questions about kelp, feel free to DM him on Instagram. He's uber approachable. I would know. Whether it is about kelp or seaweed or shipping, he is as open as a book can get. And really, genuinely, he just wants to help on anything about kelp. Of course, on Instagram, he goes by at Peninsula Kelp Co. 